Welcome to Feminists Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we end with something hopeful. Um, we're not going to do that today. We're we? just... <laughs> We're not doing We See You's this week, and I don't know if we'll have a good thing up our sleeves. I certainly can't think of one right now. Um, With sorrow for this court, but more for the many millions of American women who have today lost a fundamental constitutional protection, we dissent. We sure do. Roe has been overturned. We knew it was going to happen, yet even the day before, we, we knew it would probably be the next day, but didn't really soften the blow. Didn't really help in the processing or whatever um, you want to call it of the actual decision and the hellscape um, that we are in and have been careening toward for some time. Yet here we are. 50 years of precedent overturned mm-hmm. in one decision by six people. Like you said, and I think Jenna Wortham's um, had a quote that was basically like knowing hypothetically that something is going to happen doesn't prepare the body for it actually happening. Thursday, people had the right to access abortions. People were getting abortions. Friday, they had to cease immediately in many states. This is like a topic that you and I have dreaded having to record. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've come back to this so many times over the years since we started in 2018 with this podcast. And we talked about Brett Kavanaugh. We talked mm. about Amy Coney Barrett. We've processed how Mitch McConnell stole a seat for Neil Gorsuch. We've talked about Trump packing the courts with all of his different very conservative lawyers um, and judges some of whom were rated not qualified by the American Bar Association. This is one of the major reasons we cried when Trump beat Hillary Clinton, because we saw this coming. And I have a lot of anger today for a lot of different reasons. And we're going to get into so many different topics that stem from the anger and the sadness and the impact. Um, But more than anything, it's just like, it's a pretty fucking devastating moment to be a woman in the United States or someone with a uterus. Yeah. And this, yeah, this decision does impact people outside of those identified as women, anyone with a uterus, which can include people who are non-binary, people who are trans men. I think one thing that, that got me and then made me feel foolish about when Trump beat Hillary Clinton was just how fucking much this country hates women. And this decision just kind of reaffirms it. It doesn't feel good. You know, it's just at best women are collateral damage in this. And at worst, oof, quite bad. Because you know what? (laughs) There are plenty of criticisms about Hillary Clinton, but she is no worse than Joe Biden by any fucking metric. No. (laughs) Any metric. And I'm glad he got elected over Trump, but we're not going to get it. This isn't about Hillary Clinton, but it's just that was a very memorable moment in my adult life of just being like wow fuck I knew I I knew how I've been treated by men specifically and knew that there was so much misogyny in the world but didn't realize foolishly naively how very 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 deeply it runs through the fucking veins of this country um as do many forms of hate of course but yeah this decision it doesn't feel good that my little baby daughter has less rights in a lot of significant ways than I did when I was born. You know, it's it's not just about me and my family, but it, it's just the, it's so, so depressing. And I know we want to talk about how we felt when the decision happened. And for me, it was somehow like a combination of just kind of being numb and like, yep, <laughs> there it is, which is generally kind of my first response to a lot of like traumatic things is just kind of numbness and like all right this is what it is but also 
infuriated and so depressed and heartbroken again at the fact that for all the value that women have added to this country and this world, how little we matter, you know? Yeah. The decision is just so decentered from women. Justice Alito's opinion from the, for the court uh, is just not um, in any real way reckoning with the repercussions of what this actually means. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something he obviously couldn't wait to do. It's why all of these people were put on the court. They were vetted by the Federalist Society. They had committed privately to certainly working to overturn Roe. And they all, uh, we'll get into it, but they all lied during their confirmation hearings mm-hmm. about it. They all Mitch said- they, and Collins in private meetings. Dumb. Oh man. Oh man. Let's not get to the end of this episode without fucking ripping that woman apart. Is she gullible or just stupid? I don't know. Or just evil. Is she evil or stupid or gullible? Which combination? It's a fun Maybe thing we all. ask about Trump a lot. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe all. Um, yeah, there was a moment when I woke up on the West Coast and a lot later than I should have. Um, so I was like waking up to the news um, and forgot for a second that it was Friday, that it was Friday morning. I just I just remember kind of like waking up, just forgetting what day it was for a second. And then I looked at my phone, <laughs> missed calls and voicemails from my mom and texts from friends. And the first one that I saw was a friend who was like, oh, wow, they really, she was like, they really are going for um, Obergefeld, Lawrence, and uh, Griswold, which are the gay marriage, sodomy laws, and um and contraception. So that was the first thing that I, my eyeballs saw. And I was just like, well, that's really bad. I just, you know, cried for a little bit before I did anything else and then felt incandescent rage for the whole rest of the day. <laughs> You're so right. It's, it's, um, we keep learning over and over this lesson or a reminder of how much this country hates, hates women, how much this country disdains women, dismisses women, and how few protections there are for women for things that are supposedly like celebrated on the right, like, mm. you know, being an incubation incubator, basically. Um, uh, and in a country that talks so incessantly about the sanctity of life, at least people who are considering themselves, they you know, would use the term pro-life, but anti-choicers. I am astounded that we're sitting in this country where we're, we've summarily removed the right for, for women to access reproductive health care, um, make decisions about their body and their lives for themselves, but just a, a decision between themselves and their doctors. Um, while continuing to not support women and children through school lunches, through any sort of support for education or pre-K education, through maternity leave or paternity leaves that are supported, um, and through super weak healthcare. Um, and that's just the type of like life enhancements that we're, we would, that would support life uh, for women who having children like if you are making people have children which is already inhumane forced forced birth is a crime against humanity the very very least you could be doing alongside that is establishing programs or working really hard to advocate and and you know establish programs that support families um in a real way and support children but as soon as they're out of the womb they're no one's you know no one gives a shit about them. It's pull yourself up by your bootstraps, toddler. There And there are so many reasons to be mad. And I'm trying to remember Friday, I was probably most mad at Democrats, but I do, with a little more distance, I'm trying to sort of be like, well, they are not the people who actually overturned this. Like, mm-hmm. they are not the primary problem. But I think that they are a huge part of the problem. They need to, like, listen. And I hope Nancy Pelosi is actually was actually chilled by the amount of people who immediately were like, fuck you and fuck this fundraising thing and get the fuck off the steps of, of the Supreme court with your goddamn poem and singing God bless America. Like someone on Twitter said, like essentially this, these types of stunts will just turn into a meme for like being over overpowered and, um, and just losers like total ineffectual, 
and effectual losers. Like I don't have a moment's patience for democratic stunts like poems on, on the steps of Congress. Fuck you. Absolutely. And it's like her, her poems might've carried some weight if she had been trying to do something, you know, but the issue is so many Democrats, particularly moderate, moderate Democrats had opportunities like Obama, as we mentioned before, he could have codified, basically said that he would, and then he just didn't. And there have been opportunities, there have been times over the years where the person, the Democrat in charge couldn't have really gotten it done, but there have been so many times where they could have, there've been so many opportunities over the last 50 years, but it's a, because so many people care about it, it's a fundraising issue. It's a campaign issue, you know, like Joe tech, Joe texted me asking for money and texted a lot of people asking for money after this. And it's like, I worry about a lot of things. I worry about what this is going to mean for the next election. And I don't think it's going to, the optimist in me, who is, is she there? I don't know if she's there, <laughs> but, uh, but hope that this would lead to actual progressives getting elected rather than middle of the road, quote unquote, Democrats. I don't know if that's going to actually be the case though. You know, I would, I would hope that rather than this just being another kind of flame on the trajectory toward hell, that mm-hmm. this is the catalyst, but we've said that before we've hoped for things to be catalysts and here we are. Nothing has been catalyzed. <laughs> Yeah, not a not happening. So I mean, maybe we haven't hit our rock bottom as a country yet. But it, I'm starting okay. to wonder <laughs> what does that look like, though. And are we just kidding ourselves? And like you were alluding to, like none of the 23 states that banned or restricted abortion with that decision offer paid family leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are we doing? It, it feels like it's all about like white evangelicals having freedom mm-hmm. and no one else because this is not, I mean, even trying to remove a lot of the feelings and a lot of the, the ethics and, and whatnot around this, it doesn't make sense. Like making abortion illegal doesn't actually prevent abortions from happening. I got into some Facebook arguments with people I don't know. And one of them love was talking, it. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> I went to bed last night. I was too tired for the libertarian, but I got the other two. Uh, <laughs> but one of them was saying how our forefathers wanted us to, to live by the Bible. And I'm like, the literal First Amendment. <laughs> well, one, fuck our forefathers and fuck the Constitution is how I feel in some moments. Um, yeah. But even if we're following this, the First Amendment is right to freedom of religion or the right to not have or, you know, not practice religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are popular interpretations of Judaism, of the Quran that essentially say that not allowing abortion is infringing upon those religions because, you know, life doesn't begin until the, the first breath when the, the child is born and impeding the woman's uh, either health or wishes is against the religion. So like that argument's thrown in the trash because Mm -hmm. it's not about right to religion. If it was about right to religion, it would be up to the individual because no one is mandating abortion. No one is saying y'all have to have abortions. They're saying you decide if you want to have an abortion or not. There you have it. So it's like one, outlawing abortions doesn't actually mean there won't be abortions or it doesn't even it doesn't seem to even reduce abortions it just makes them more dangerous and if you're pro-life wouldn't you want it to be less dangerous um and on the other hand it does it's not about right to religion it's about the right to a very specific religion which is spooky as hell because this isn't a country of just evangelical christians right it's the whole balance of like the first amendment and your right to swing your arm ends where the other man's nose begins. Like that is something that is supposed to be important. There was a case anyway, yesterday that the Supreme court ruled on, which was actually from Bremerton, Washington, where they said that a public school football coach in Bremerton could pray 
um, at the end of every football game. Um, and that, that not allowing it was an infringement of his First Amendment right to f- express his religion. And that was extremely frustrating because it's, it's, an abs- it's another way in which the progressive courts of the 70s are all those different precedents that were set. Like in the 70s, there was a standard established. And I only remember this because of like high school moot court, but it was called the lemon test. And it was like establishing three different rules to look to scrutinize whether or not there was a excessive entanglement between public schools and religion. <laughs> and like this man praying on this on the court checks all three boxes of being excessive entanglement. Like he can pray privately, but him choosing to be in a public school, be at a public school job and essentially coerce just by social pressure the rest of the team to pray with him. And so Sonia Sotomayor included a picture in her dissent because she said that Justice Gorsuch essentially like totally mischaracterized this private prayer. She's like, it's not private. It's like on the football field after the game. It's That's not private. This is a public school. Anyway, and it's, it's certainly more of an establishment question than a free exercise in terms of that clause. Anyway, it's just very frustrating because this court is showing, and I won't also get into, but they, they had a terrible, some terrible rulings where they sort of undermined Miranda rights Thursday before they overturned Roe. And they also decided that states couldn't decide how to regulate guns. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like, so it's states' rights when it matter when it when it's something that they want to appeal to like the the most base people on on their side. It's states' rights when they want it to be states' rights. And then it's not states' rights. Like states couldn't possibly be allowed to just to to regulate guns when they don't want it to be regulated. Um, and then it's 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 an establishment issue when they want it to be, and it's a free exercise issue when they see when when they want it to be. So more and more, we're just seeing like this court is just a political arm of Trump, unfortunately, and it will be. All these people are really young, so it's incredibly frustrating. I think they're just going to continue to roll back freedoms that we have established if they aren't explicitly outlined in the constitution or in the amendments to the constitution in in an explicit way. And that does get back to, you know, people prepare yourselves. Like Thomas explicitly said in his concurrence about, we should look at contraceptives, gay marriage and sodomy and, you know, you know, intercourse that's private, like, because privacy is not something he really sees as being protected in the constitution. Yeah. And it's, they have been fucking on one, completely undermining the separation of church and state. Yeah, and it's like even if so, I'm where even if something's like explicitly stated that somehow they're like, but that's not what they meant. Right. They're just so clearly going after the things that they've decided they're going to go after, and then it's like they're answering a question, then deciding how they answered it later. You know, mm-hmm. it's like their mind, and then they're coming up with the justifications. And what sounds like the most reasonable thing even though it's not reasonable it doesn't make sense um and as we mentioned you know Brett brett kavanaugh and ucb and others essentially said that they i mean they said that they respected the the precedent of roe and essentially said they wouldn't overturn it and, and here we are and it's just so obviously partisan and and the thing too that just like I, trump doesn't give a shit about abortions no. He doesn't give a shit about any of like he, he doesn't care. He he really doesn't care, and he didn't care. He cared about power and money. You Did know? you see that he he privately apparently was privately saying this would be bad for the Republican Party? <laughs> like, like I was just like, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> like yeah actually you're i mean i didn't lose <laughs> what does anything mean anymore like it's just institutions that at least used to look like they were doing things according to how they were quote unquote supposed to do things are just flagrantly not um mm-hmm. and one thing that's really really fucking gotten my goat is <laughs> the people i've seen defending this not knowing shit about shit (laughs) like how dare you form an opinion on something that denies basic human rights to like half the population and you can't even do a little google search 
you can't even do a little critical thinking a little this or that like like the guy who's talking about what our forefathers wanted Mm. in the bible it's like that's even if you want to go by what they wanted like that wasn't it buddy and then someone (laughs) else is being like well the real problem (laughs) the real problem is you know that women are using abortion as the first, you know, form of birth control, you know? Oh, for, I hate that one. That's not true. Like more than half of the women who go to have abortions were trying to use contraceptives. And the thing about contraceptives is they're not hundred percent fail safe and not everyone is taught to use them correctly, which is interesting that the two things that are evidence-based and actually, you know, preventing unwanted uh, pregnancies are, access to contraceptives and comprehensive sex education why aren't they advocating for that i don't know it's almost like they don't actually give a shit um about about those things per right perhaps. and also in 2019 more than half of the women who were getting abortions it was their first abortion then another almost 30 percent it was their second so that is significantly more than three quarters first mm-hmm. or second and the quote-unquote average woman, um, if she didn't use any contraception, would be pregnant at least three times a year. So that's yeah. more than 30 abortions, um, significantly more than 30 abortions in a lifetime, which isn't a fucking thing. And so right. it's like, you fucking dudes, one who's like all, you know, a constitutional scholar who doesn't even know about the first fucking amendment, <laughs> and the other who's just being like, well, this is the problem with it. It's not even a problem, honey. Like, look it up. Look it up. The other motherfucker. And this, so a friend of mine comment, like, posted a thing, like an RBG quote. And the comments were these three fucking dudes. The other one was a libertarian who had awful takes. But then, but at least he ended it with, but you know what? I don't get to have an opinion because I can't get pregnant, you know, and I don't believe the government should blah, blah, blah. Mm Mm-hmm fine Chris then have your students I'll deal with you another time but (laughs) it was so maddening to me I cannot imagine having a viewpoint where I thought someone's rights to bodily autonomy should be legally infringed upon Mm -hmm. and I hadn't even done basic basic research (laughs) see that the views that I held were just deeply deeply incorrect not even opinions just wrong just flat out fucking wrong right and these are the motherfuckers sitting around our country. And one of them had the gall to be like, I had two of my girlfriends had abortions without even telling me until after. <laughs> oh my God. You well, honey, that. you seem like maybe you're a problem. Oh. Why didn't they feel safe to tell you? And like, do you want to be a daddy? Go adopt. Mm-hmm. You know, go, go forth, buddy. But like, I wouldn't, God, if I had the poor judgment of sex with you, I wouldn't tell you either. My lord. <laughs> oh my god. No, would Ooh. not. Absolutely. Mm-mm. Unsubscribe from mm-hmm. updating you on my yeah. you know, life. Mm-hmm. No, it's and and a lot of I think a lot of people who are annoying <laughs> um try to point to the our, what RBG said in the 90s about Roe perhaps being wrongly decided and that it should have been something that naturally was evolved from, you know, and Congress was able, would, would have been able to gradually pass a law that uh, at the federal level granted protections. Now, there are a couple of things that frustrate me about this. The primary one is that, like, we're living in 2022 and I wasn't born then and I don't want to, like, I don't, I can't control what's already happened. So, like, that reverse hypothetical is sort of useless and frustrating. So putting that to one side, like what might have been more helpful in the 70s that didn't happen. Another thing that people say is that it just wasn't on solid constitutional ground when you look at the language of the Constitution. Essentially, like they didn't have a strong constitutional grounding for it. That's frustrating to me because there's a lot of... (laughs) There's a lot of rights that have evolved over the course of the last 100 years, say, that have been interpretations of the Constitution that take into account progress, that take into account that we are like a living, breathing society progressing, and that the founders intended 
for this to just be a starting place. And they could never have imagined all the different ways that you would, for instance, all of the different ways that you have to grapple with like privacy concerns in 2022. Like, are you fucking kidding? Of course they couldn't have imagined that when they thought about like a man's home is his castle, you know, like there's a whole bunch of phrases that we always have to reckon with from English common law and like 1789, because, because that's where things, that's where the constitution kind of was born. But the constitution wasn't frozen in time. Like we, we, we as people in 2022 are not bound to be frozen in time with the same men that were totally cool with slavery, women not having a vote or being able to own property. Of course, there's a going to be a contingent of people, many of whom are on the Supreme Court, that benefit from the, like have, have personal benefit, personally benefit from a perspective that is covered in flowery language of excuses of talking about originalism, hewing very closely to the actual text and what the founders intended. That's super convenient for the status quo of the fucking 18th century. So Mm -hmm. we are not and should not be bound by the 18th century ethics and like 18th century politics and the lack of progress that had happened at that point. That is absolutely fucking insane. And I just, and so I also want to point out, because obviously not, I'm not a lawyer, but there are a lot of rights that hinge on broad interpretations of a concept of privacy and a concept of due, uh, due process in the 14th Amendment and concepts of the Fifth Amendment that like are not explicitly outlined. The word privacy, I don't think, appears in the Constitution. It's all up to interpretation as we have grown into a more progressive society, there's been more scholarship on the ways in which privacy needs to be protected, like, and the ways in which uh, due process and equal protection under the law needs to be defined. If you say that Roe was wrongly decided, then you do open the door to Griswold and Lawrence and Obergefeld. Like, lastly, just to wrap up my non-con law, like, survey of the feeling frustrated by these reasons. There is this case and just look it up because I'm going to butcher it, but no one, no one can ever give me a good answer from high school teachers to college teachers to my fiance, who's a lawyer. The entire concept of judicial review, which is the balance of, of the court being able to nullify a federal law, that balance is called judicial review. That was actually not in the Constitution. That was something that um, Chief Justice John, John Marshall, I think I think that's right, John Marshall made up. He made it up in Marbury versus Madison, which was a case in like 1812 or something like that. Maybe it was like eight between between 1803 and 1812. <laughs> um, but Jefferson was present, so maybe it was 18 like 1803 or four or something. Anyway. Jefferson and John Marshall didn't get along and John Marshall was super irritated about something that Jefferson wanted and the way that Marshall got around like what Jefferson wanted him to do was to basically say like I you know I can't do that he came up with judicial review basically and that's a precedent that's not in the constitution <laughs> and it's been upheld on absolutely fairy dust since like 1804. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if we're going to start throwing around like that word isn't in the constitution, that concept of equal protection, that concept of privacy. Well, okay. Can we go all the way back then to judicial review and just like someone explained to me in like a very, explain it like I'm five. Why is judicial review something that is allowed to continue to stand then? There is certain precedents that we respect because we agree as a society, it makes sense. And it it's a, it's part of a progressive world in which like laws shift to encompass more people as we become better as a, as a society. Anyway, I just like fuck right off with like, well, it was like wrongfully decided because it's not really, it's on shaky ground interpret like with the equal protection clause and fuck you. No, no, I don't buy it. Fuck them all. And also, like, if we're not here for the changes and evolutions in society, I feel like everyone, should we all use leeches anytime we're we're ill? 
perhaps all these yeah. fucking constitutional quote unquote purists who are also misinterpreting even their text leeches yeah well, you don't get scientific advances either there was there was a tweet that kind of summed up my feelings about the um constitutional convention uh mm. ryan ken uh, at ryan underscore ken underscore x those men were at the constitutional convention on stolen land writing about freedom while eating meals prepared by the human beings they owned some chewed and swallowed that food with teeth stolen from someone else's mouth and we were taught in school to call them fathers genocidal and murderous men wrote the country's guiding legal documents to be fixated on their original t- intent is an evil pursuit Ooh, i like that right flames Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's the thing and like sure guiding document let's mm-hmm. go nuts but when we're focused on interpreting it exactly as it was written mm-hmm. we are in a fucked up time capsule that no one other than wealthy cis straight white men are gonna do okay in which is kind of the point right kind of the point which is infuriating because it feels like in society today, it's like one step forward, 8,000 motherfucking steps back as evidenced by right fucking now. What's next? Are we going <laughs> to not have access to contraception and then also abortions not allowed? And then that's great. And coming for gay marriage and what is that going to do? And the thing like the, the Roe v. Wade and the Roe v. Wade being overturned <laughs> going to have so many impacts awful awful fucking impacts when you consider how much more likely um, people are who are pregnant are to die than people who get abortions i think it's 14 times more Uh, we mentioned in a past episode that the number one cause of death for pregnant people is murder Mm -hmm. um and it's the number one person committing that murder is the person who got them pregnant and i fucking wonder if people are forced into giving birth that number is going to increase. Yeah. The problem is that these men don't want babies and right. now there's no other choice. And, you know, people currently can, for the most part, if they have access, they can cross state lines. <laughs> and V Paris made an Instagram post that they were going to protect the, the right to travel across straight state lines. But there are also efforts underway right now to mm-hmm. make that a crime. And we should take absolutely no comfort from Justice Kavanaugh saying, oh, it would be unconstitutional if states tried to prevent women from traveling to get an abortion in a different state. Okay, cold comfort, you're a liar, you've lied a lot. But it's interesting that he put that. And it'll be interesting to see, and I'm only using the word interesting out of laziness because it's not interesting, it's hellacious, to sort of see what happens next in terms of if there's a federal abortion ban, because that is, like you said, that is one of the big, that's going to be a big thing on the docket for conservatives, even though it's wildly unpopular, like over 80% of Americans believe that at at some, there should be some level of abortions allowed in the country. Um, We just, we can all disagree on the timeline, but like, it should be permitted. So there's the contingency of people that say we should leave it up to the states, which is interesting. And then there's the people who want a a, a ban because it's against their religion, LOL, that they think they can impose this on everyone, like with a straight face. But it's just going to be funny to me where the split happens. The people who are like, oh no, this has gone too far because it's a federal ban versus the people that are like, haha, it was always going to be this, Um, you know, because we always have to listen and swallow all these like smug arguments about states' rights from conservatives, like who are just want a small, all they want is like a small government, small centralized government, and just leave it up to the states, which like, you know, is how you justify the worst parts of society is saying, leave it up to the states. Um, And then of course, unequal, unequally applied to things like gun rights, circling back to the impact. And like you said, the femicide that this is going to open the doors to Kelly Garcia at Kelly underscore Gar, G-A-R, had um, a a thread where she talked about different ways in which people will die as a result of Roe being overturned. She said, like, it's going to happen, but in a lot of ways that people just aren't considering. We know that self-managed abortions are safe and effective, but uh, people will die because they can't get the health care, bleeding out after ectopic pregnancy ruptures, sepsis because of an incomplete miscarriage, suicide because they don't see another way out or their doctor denied them medication that they need for their mental health or for, um, or they're not able to get the 
self-managed pills, killed by partners, as you said, die from cancer treatment because the treatment that would save their life would harm a fetus, die because the health, if you're um, a black woman in America, you're, you're failed at every turn. And I think like these are all such serious things, um, especially for women, moderate white women, moderate to conservative white women who voted for Trump. I'm staring daggers at specific people virtually right now to consider like all the different ways in which you have kneecapped women across the country and people that you probably weren't intending to. Like another shout out to the, the casual way that people are like, just travel to a blue state. You can just travel. Well, that's problematic for a lot of different reasons. And it's it's missing the whole ass point. But like, if we're going to engage with the stupid, you know, you can just travel to a different state argument. This is not something that people can do easily for a variety of reasons. But if you take a state like Louisiana, which immediately had a trigger law on Friday where all the all abortions had to stop immediately, look at the surrounding states. So they had a trigger ban and then they were surround they're surrounded by Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia, Kentucky, and Missouri. All of those states have trigger bans. So you're talking about traveling hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles to um, attempt to get an abortion. And that's if you live in Louisiana at the moment. We're also, for people who are in blue states and feeling like comfy, um, or at least not as bothered, I was explaining this to someone a couple days ago, if you're someone who thinks you're going to need you know, reproductive health care for any reason, if you're family planning and you're by choice going to have a child soon, you're also affected. The clinics are going to be so busy. There's going to be such a demand for these services. If you're someone who needs an abortion in a blue state, get in line because it's not like there's going to be necessarily more clinics. It's just going to be a higher demand. Those appointments are going to be harder to get. And it's just going to be a complete clusterfuck in the healthcare system. So I don't even know. Sorry. I just like, I blacked out and started ranting. (laughs) (laughs) You need to apologize. Um, of these these states with the with the trigger laws and the various abortion bans and restrictions, um, there are six without exception for the health of the mother, um, eight without exception for rape, it's like nine without exception for incest, and there one thing that I didn't one little facet I didn't think about is the OBGYN boards, you know, so for people who are doctors becoming doctors have to go to Texas for their oral boards. Oh, uh, what if you're a pregnant woman who is also, <laughs> mm. if they experience an emergency complication and they're not able to receive the full spectrum of care? Wow. What the fuck? We shouldn't be allowing these things to happen either. There are a fucking plethora of of health issues that are going to stem from this. And and sidebar, someone can choose to get an abortion for whatever fucking reason that they want to. Um, right. They don't need their life to be at risk. But the fact that women are being condemned to death yeah. is, I mean, fuck. Um, <laughs> like, constable. Again, we knew this was coming, but it still doesn't make it any easier to swallow. And there've already been, you know, reports out of states with trigger laws where someone comes in with an ectopic pregnancy, mm-hmm. where literally the pregnancy is in the wrong place, where it cannot become a baby no matter what, and it will kill the person who has this ectopic pregnancy. And doctors are calling lawyers before they're performing treatment on these patients and there was a report of already of someone who was close to dying because the doctor felt they had to contact a lawyer they had to make sure they weren't going to go to jail for treating a patient you think about ivf people who want to have kids who can't have kids the traditional way um, it involves creating and freezing embryos that's going to be an issue in a lot of states now. Outside of the fact this is a fuck, the fucking, it's an issue for people with uteruses to decide for them fucking selves. And if it's against your religion or your beliefs, don't get one. Mm-hmm. No one's making you. There are also these awful situations that are now legal in many states. And we spoke to the, the privacy issue because now, again, in almost half of the states, 
they could investigate early pregnancy losses or pregnancy losses as potential crimes, mm-hmm. which creates huge privacy issues. Um, and the the Washington Post, um, among others, have posted things that you can do to kind of protect your privacy. And one thing that I found, I guess, not shocking, but really fucking depressing is the biggest risk factor is other people. So limit who you tell, because apparently the majority of cases against people who had abortions started with people who they told, who told law enforcement, people that they trusted. So there are a lot of important things to be aware of as far as technology go goes, you know, using encrypted messaging apps like WhatsApp, protecting your devices, not turning them into law enforcement without a warrant, using incognito tabs, turning off location or leaving your phone behind when you go to certain places, maximizing privacy settings, avoiding period tracking apps, all those things. But apparently the number one threat is just other human beings and confiding in them, which I had seen, I had seen the least about. Um, I'd seen more about not using the apps and incognito windows and encrypting data and stuff, which are also all important things to do now in this hellscape. But yeah, number one is to, to not tell people and also to be careful of what you share in the emergency room, the doctor's office, because a miscarriage and a self-managed abortion using pills look the same and are treated mm-hmm. the same by most healthcare providers. But oof, human beings are really just fucking each other over at every turn, aren't we? Right. I think like, that's such a good point. Um, you're, if you're struggling and you are someone who needs an abortion to know where to turn, like resources, try to know who to trust. I can't imagine like, for instance, like being in college right now in like Alabama or Arkansas or Georgia or Texas, like really anywhere where it's not a lot. I mean, you're in college <laughs> to know that that is not a protection. And like, how would you get yourself to a clinic it's so scary. Um, and at the end and in the show notes, we'll put a few resources. I know that there's like the I need an A.com site, which is like helps you understand how to get an abortion. There's the fuckabortionbands.com, which is that uh, Crooked Media's site where they're like, they direct you to funding and action items. And then I think the one that I've seen most often that seems really good is abortionfunds.org which is the national network of abortion funds. I do think that one way that at least like people who are trying to help can be most helpful is to give to a, um, a local abortion, you know, to the, or the, these types of places that are going to distribute to local abortion funds um, because they're the ones who are most in need right now of resources and funding. This is something that was new to me. Um, I'd seen on activist Twitter, which is basically because I always default, like when things like this happen, I just throw $25 at Planned Parenthood before I even blink. Um, And if you do that, that's great. But that's um, apparently, I mean, I know they're pretty well funded and activist Twitter has said, please don't. They are very well funded and they also do not have good mechanisms for being able to distribute to um, more local clinics that are providing abortion. So if you're looking to for your dollar to go the furthest to kind of give to a local clinic or to one of these national networks that is distributing the funds. A couple of other things for especially for like white women to consider is like, and I again, like learning, 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 and always trying to like be better and stop using phrases that are harmful or, you know, problematic or just like just just downright thoughtless. I have seen a lot of people reiterating that it's not helpful to make comparisons to Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, like, and I'm guilty of it. Um, and in 2018. <laughs> yes, we both. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm definitely guilty. And I, I think a lot of really well-meaning people are guilty of it and um, just wouldn't do it if they knew. Um, and a lot of people aren't on Twitter, which is actually better for their mental health. So let me save you some of the Twitter chatter and just say the reason why people are or one of the prominent reasons I've read that it's not helpful and actually super frustrating is because Margaret Atwood had said in interviews and it's pretty obvious from what the book is about that it's just like forced surrogacy forced pregnancy is something that she was writing about things that have happened to women of color historically over hundreds of years and so all these traumas are things that like you know keeping women enslaved and having their babies and just She's writing about things that have already happened to women of color. So for women, for white women to be like, it's just like Handmaid's Tale coming true is is just like rubs people the wrong way, to put it mildly, because it's like, oh, so you're only able to kind of conceptualize this terror through the lens of this fictional thing 
for white women when it has been real for women of color historically. Mm-hmm. Correct me or uh, jump in if there's like other other. No, um, that's on the nose. Okay. So that's, yeah, that's, that's one thing. And then I've also been seeing some women like talking about an auntie network and like, oh, just find the people that you trust. And basically like a whisper network of people that can be helpful in getting an abortion. And I've seen again, like activist Twitter and jump in if there's, if I'm paraphrasing wrong or like, you know, just doing a terrible job of explaining. Um, But I think that I've seen a fair amount of people just saying, hey, don't encourage the auntie network. Don't encourage these like people who don't know what they're talking about. Even like, because I think there's a lot of well-meaning people who can just accidentally spread a misinformation, direct you to the wrong resources, just not be as efficacious as the, as the people who have been on the ground organizing, preparing for this. They do talk to each other, all these different local clinics. They were prepared for this as much as possible. They are mobilizing. So just because it's a shock to a lot of people doesn't mean that you get to just be like, I'm so shocked, accept my help. And like, it's temporary, you know, the like a lot of well-meaning intent to help, but especially if it's a short attention span type thing, or you want to make yourself feel better, you're kind Mm -hmm. of soothing your own worry and by imposing yourself on organizers who don't really need your attention for one day or your, you know, whatever. So just like, I guess, especially for white women who are upset by the verdict, just like do a little reading and poking about on the internet in terms of how you can be most helpful, but it's probably by helping people that are already doing the work and have been doing the work. Yeah. There's a lot of the kind of code mess quote unquote code messages out there like if you want to go camping but you don't <laughs> camping is not allowed in your state if you want to go camping with me i'll take you camping and like i've seen the camping thing a lot but there's other iterations of that <laughs> and all the examples i've seen i'm sure are are well-intentioned but the thing is like if you know abortions are being investigated like they'll see that you know yeah. as- <laughs> You know, they'll see the coded messages and and realize what you're talking about and people's hero complexes or savior complexes or genuinely wanting to do something aren't necessarily helpful. If you really want to be an active ally, advocate, person in all of this, you can look into these local organizations in your area and see what it takes to volunteer for them. Normally there's training. (laughs) There's, There's things you have to do. Um, in order to be helpful to that organization. If you don't have the time for that, but you have, you know, monetary resources, you can donate your money. Um, Because like you're saying, there are these well-established organizations that already exist. And rather than kind of popping up and creating your own thing, you could participate in the structures that already exist to to help people that need abortions. Because there are also, there's the possibility of people also who aren't well-intentioned saying that to try to gotcha, especially in places where maybe they get monetary compensation if they turn someone in for trying to get an abortion. Um, mm-hmm. This Texas. isn't to say, yeah, and this isn't to say if your best friend, your sister uh, across the state line needs your help, you should be like, no. <laughs> like, absolutely. <laughs> like, I am not saying don't help someone out. What, I, what we're saying is if you make public messages offering help, that's probably not going to be the most effective way to actually help. It might make you feel better when you click the post button, the share button, but it's probably not actually going to help anyone. Um, if you really want to help look into the organizations local to you to volunteer at, if they have openings and, or donate money resources, um, to, cause there are somewhere it's like you can volunteer to give people rides, you know, mm-hmm. Um, I can probably get background checked or some, some sort of vetting or training for that, but there are different things you can do at different local organizations. Um, so you can help in in some way, shape or form, but, you know, making that Facebook post about how you're a safe place to set up a tent or whatever. (laughs) Well, I get, I totally fucking get the instinct because I think, I think that it's, it's a wonderful thing if your gut reaction was like, I want to do something and I want to help. I'm not trying to like shade that whatsoever. It's just no. sometimes we have knee jerk reactions and then we think it through or, you know, we see what the best thing to actually do is. So um, yeah. it's, it's admirable to want to offer your home to someone, to offer a ride, to offer resources. Just think about how you're doing it and do it intentionally. 
um, to actually best serve the people that need it rather than, you know, making a post, throwing it away and be like, I did a thing. Right. <laughs> I'm an a, ally. Yeah, it's a psychological <laughs> thing too. It's like if you, yeah. my therapist years ago, I need a new one, but <laughs> health insurance, I'm ready. Um, but one thing to help like anxiety or when you're trying to, to put something out of your mind is to write it down, you know, mm-hmm. and then you kind of put it out of your mind, um, which is good with a to-do list that you're going to to do. But for things <laughs> like this, where you, you write a post and you let it out there into the ether, you feel like did it, but yep. did you, you know, right. so it's my long winded way of saying local organizations do exactly. do Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're, your friendly neighborhood podcast feminists telling, helping you not embarrass yourself accidentally. Mm-hmm. You and <laughs> which, I, by the way, I, which I've done. No, I, I embarrass myself most days. Continue to. I'm, yeah. If I weren't glued to Twitter these last few days, I'd probably still be making some of these mistakes. Um, uh, one other, another thing that I kind of just wanted to mention is I think um, a helpful case study and people have posted about this on Twitter and I've mentioned there's a movie that came out of Romania, but you, if we look to the recent history of um, Romania under the, um, there was the Sezo, Nicolas Sezo um, regime in the sixties through the eighties. And he was an oppressive, um, he was an oppressive leader and um, abortion was not only was abortion fully banned, but there was this, effort to have um, more children born in Romania to increase their population. Um, It was a colossal failure um, of the state generally. Um, It did successfully lead to more kids being born, but overall, uh, since there was no support for um, women, there wasn't like a maternity leave, there wasn't support for the kids' education or health, you know, any, any health um, healthcare support. Uh, it was, um, and then there were like these decaying women would have to give their kids up for, um, adoption or put them in orphanages because just because they like couldn't afford, you know, they couldn't afford to have the child and they had no resources and anyway, and then their orphanages were poorly funded. So it was this whole dystopian nightmare that's already happened. You know, we can look to total abortion places, countries where there are total abortion bans and, um, see what happened there. And I think the U.S. is putting itself on a path to be replicating something similar to Romania um, because we are banning abortion. There might be a total abortion ban while also not putting in place any infrastructure to support women who are going to forcibly have to have more kids. And in Romania, the rate went from like one kid per family up to like 3.5 or two, you know, basically doubled or tripled the amount of children in that generation, like the 60s to the 80s. And one of my favorite foreign films, I've brought it up before, but it's four months, three weeks, two days. It was from 2007. Um, And I just like highly recommend it if you're looking for kind of, if you're in your feelings and you kind of want to, you want an abortion film that's going to make you feel feelings um, and just give you a sense of kind of the danger that women were in should they try to seek uh, an abortion. Just like super practical, quotidian barriers that keep flying up. Um, and then there's just the general unsafety, um, or danger, danger, I believe unsafety. (laughs) There's the general danger of, um, actually getting, um, an abortion illegally. So Romania is one of those cases. And also for jumping, you know, that was, that was thinking about how case studies from the past, but, um, we're the U S in this moment, is now an outlier when it comes to abortion. So we are in the lauded ranks of other countries like Iran, North Korea, and Russia in terms of our rolling back of, of reproductive rights. So, you know, we're just, um, I think we can look to recent history and we can look to what other countries are doing now what other countries have done. We were subtweeted viciously and deservedly by most of Europe um, mm-hmm. on Friday. Um, I believe France moved very quickly to put a constitutional um, amendment protecting abortion in place. And just other countries um, have have just been looking on in, you know, disgust as we 
protect the rights of and the rights of AR-15s. Um, you, you can. I saw a tweet that was like, "You can only kill babies with an AR-15." <laughs> and I was just like, "God damn!" <laughs> fucking Sarah Huckabee Sanders being like, "No, unborn children. I want them to be as safe as children in classrooms." Not realizing, like, honey. oh, oh, <laughs> oh, ooh, lack of awareness there, my friend. Ooh, not my clang, friend, clang. Ugh. <laughs> uh, also. This one's this one's for all the civility police out there. Um, I fully support protesting at the Supreme Court justices' homes or like on the streets. Don't freak out on the streets around their homes. You Maryland. Know, uh, <laughs> yes, um, I didn't share their home addresses, though I have seen it posted quite a few places. I was like, I suppose I don't need to like actively contribute to that moment, but like. I think that the right to peacefully protest um, is something like they should never, I've, you know, they, they, I don't think they should see a moment's peace. These people um, you're there's real harm to what they've done. There's going to be, there is an immediate, there was an immediate impact. If you listen to the daily on Friday, um, they just interviewed a bunch of women, or I suppose maybe it was Monday. They interviewed women at different clinics that were just having to call their patients to let them know they could no longer fulfill their appointment for an abortion and the horror that at like ha- of having to make that call like 25 times in one day. And those are, these are 25 people. They said at one point there was a couple that was banging on the door begging, you know, please give us this abortion. There was a grandmother who called on behalf of her 14 year old daughter who in Arizona, who they had to say, you're going to have to try Colorado or, you know, California. She was like, I will not let my granddaughter be a victim of you know teen pregnancy because of a sexual assault and the woman you know so the it was just like so so this has immediate impacts and it will have long-lasting impacts and we should be protesting as visibly and as inconveniently as we can peaceably yeah absolutely and we just to quickly mention um they've studied what happens to people who are turned away for abortions. You can Google turn away study or NPR. They did a a piece on it. Um, And people who are denied abortion experience worse economic and mental health outcomes than their cohort who received care. Um, And as has been mentioned by, by many, the majority of people nationally who have abortions are already mothers. Um, And the primary reason they give for wanting or needing an abortion is that they need to take care of the kids that they have. They don't have the resources to take care of more um, children. And when they, in this turnaway study, they could actually look at mothers who had children who were turned away from abortions and the well-being of the kids that these mothers already had was worse off. Um, and they were significantly less likely to achieve different developmental milestones like language and gross motor, fine motor skills, um, and the, I mean, we shouldn't need studies to back up just respecting people's rights to bodily autonomy, but we do also have studies that show that it is worse off for health outcomes for the people who are denied abortions, as well as the kids that they already have. Um, so, and there are a bunch of other findings in the study too, but I thought that that was an interesting thing that I hadn't considered is what about the kids of the people who are denied abortions, what happens the kids that they have. You know, I'm so glad that you brought that up since we're in a stats place, just to reiterate something I know we've said before, but it just, it, it bears repeating that only about 1% of abortions happen after 20, 20 weeks. Um, so Americans just, but Americans like have, have just an uninformed estimate of when, how much they think, what the reality of that is. And it's, so, and 93% of abortions in the U S occur during the first trimester. Patients seeking later abortions, you know, are usually because they find out they're pregnant around 12 weeks and are delayed by costs and logistics. So it's sort of like if we're removing barriers to getting abortions, if we're helping with prophylactics, like helping with contraceptives, helping with education and warning signs and like just Mm -hmm. there's there are so many ways that you can support women so that they do not have to be in their second trimester. But once again, like this is 
you know, forcing us to have a conversation based on like the ignorance that Fox News wants you to think that people are like just making a decision in their third trimester that actually, no, I don't want this baby is like so misguided, as we've said before, if you need an abortion in your third trimester, it's traumatic. It's it's because it's it's because there's an issue that is like there's a fetal abnormality. There's something that happened that will that is putting your life at risk or the baby's life or something, you know, like it's and it's Mm -hmm. not like almost 100 percent. It's not what the woman wants. Right. It's like this. They're either already. They're either already dead or they will not be able to survive. And now what we're saying in a lot of states is you need to have this like dead creature inside of you that you need to then give birth to, or it might kill you. You could get septic and die. Um, Really not acceptable. And like, I am lucky enough to be in a place right now where like, if I got pregnant, I wouldn't choose to have an abortion, but I sure as fuck wouldn't travel to a lot of States because I can't control (laughs) what would happen and I as I've said on the show before like I have had an abortion in the past and if I didn't I wouldn't have my daughter and I you know we didn't do extensive testing but there was an issue with one of you know it and it could have killed me like mental health wise is in a dark spot I I know it was the right decision at the time it wasn't an easy decision but I have zero fucking regret about it and I hate that I feel like I need to like bring it up you know, it's like I, I, I'm here for the shout your abortion um, movement. I think people should feel empowered to talk about it. But it's also like, can we stop fucking having to talk about like our our health histories and right and all this shit. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's been shown that people who know somebody who's either gone through something, who identifies a certain way are more likely to accept it and be less othering of it so like Mm -hmm. i'll say it again i had an abortion like i didn't i didn't love it yeah (laughs) but i have no no regrets about it and i can't imagine where i would be today if i hadn't Um, yeah fuck you know and i wouldn't have my daughter and i don't think people like understand that sometimes abortions lead to more babies hooray the, the end goal for some people apparently yeah not like it's not it's not about that like it it didn't come from a positive interaction with a loving partner you know and I wasn't equipped and in any way shape or form to have a kid at that point and there were issues like I said identified so I just yeah I am I live in a state where abortion is is very well protected and I come from a state where it was as well and I've been really lucky in in both those regards but that's not true for everyone and like you said access even in blue states could be an issue and looking forward who knows what the supreme court will be up to next and who knows who our next president will be so regardless of where you live you should you should care about it you know yeah it's tough to make the you know I think conservatives don't love hearing the negative case or like the the what if but it's like no, I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I think it comes back to too that it's 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 scary to a lot of men that like for instance you were you had the freedom to make a choice that was right for you and that made sense and that allowed you to like have you went on to have a great year <laughs> or like, you know, a lot of good came from the freedom to keep working on yourself, keep pursuing things professionally that you were interested in, keep dating to find the right person. When you when all of that is stalled or or fully halts to a fucking stop because you don't have options. I mean, yeah, the mental health issues, not to mention the physicality of what one has to go through and then being economically tied to this decision that you never had. Um, And like someone also tweeted, like, it's cute that you think men all pay for child support, you know, which I was like, yeah, that's another good point. Like people are like, well, you know, they'll have child support from the husband or the the partner. It's like a lot of people can't afford that. And that's not unless they, you know, even if you've proven court who, who it is, it's still like, they don't always, you don't get your child support. And if you do, it's like, you know, sometimes 
traumatic and pulling teeth and maybe sometimes a lot of the time it's an abuser someone else tweeted sorry to bring up another but like someone else tweeted um rapists can now pick their prey or pick the mother of their child you know Mm -hmm. and I just was like oh my god that's so depressing like oh fucked and like none of these states also put laws into effect where like there's retroactive payments required for whoever got the person pregnant, you know, Right. pregnancy. And then the person, and I'm pretty sure to prove paternity, there needs to be a paternity test, which means that they have to come forward in some regard to be tested, right. you know? Right. You want all these like women navigating a legal system, paying for a lawyer, paying for like to, to force like some fucking person. To, yeah. I just, Oh, it's so fucked. It's so yeah. fucked no end to the fucking issues that this ruling creates and it's going to touch everyone in some way or another everyone's going to know someone who directly impacted by this totally everyone will directly know someone who's impacted yeah there's a lot to say there's a lot more to say we will continue to be say say saying all the things it's a dark day it's a dark week it's certainly super frustrating in the context of um there being the january 6th committee hearings and there was a surprise hearing today where a trump aide um testified that trump assaulted a secret service agent on his way to the capitol he like bonkers right this is crazy and like caused the card it just tried to get on the wheel so you know our former president was engaged in an all-out insurrection um violent insurrection where he wanted to just take control of power and never let it go and yet people are still going to vote for him he hasn't lost any popularity and we're just in the upside down world where like this is happening and there probably aren't going to be consequences far from it we're probably democrats are probably going to lose in the midterms even with this rollback of of women's um constitutional right to um decide what they want to do with their body so it's just like yeah it's a totally fucked time sure is what a what a timeline i don't have a good thing this week no there's some (laughs) funny tweets um yes well you read a funny tweet and i'll read a funny tweet okay you can both you can both read funny tweets (laughs) the problem with leaving abortion rights up to the states is that some states are literally mississippi (laughs) the founding fathers would be like what do you mean there are catholics on the supreme court (laughs) we have fun all right everyone thanks for hanging in there and um we will talk to you next week feminists without mystique is part of the frolic podcast network find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcast Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> before, before next week, I don't know.